Hello and welcome to 100 Acts of Love. Today, we are going to talk about catastrophizing and why some managers do it when their employees share their cancer diagnosis with them and why it may not be as bad a thing as you may think. Stay tuned. Welcome to 100 Acts of Love, how to help when cancer strikes. Great tips and unique ideas on what you can do to support your friend with cancer. Hi, everybody, and welcome to 100 Acts of Love. I am so glad that you are here. Now, before I begin, I just want to remind you all to make sure you hit that subscribe button no matter where you're listening to this so you can make sure that you don't miss a single episode. I also wanted to let you know that I have sort of worked out a podcast schedule. So the first week will be about supporting your friend, family member, or neighbor with cancer. The second week will be specifically focused on HR professionals and how they can help support employees and managers and their organizations dealing with an employee with cancer. The third week will be my guest speakers. So excited to have a bunch of guest speakers lined up and to introduce them to you. And then the fourth week will be something usually sort of a little personal about my life, my life as a widow, what it was like to be a cancer caregiver, things like that. So I hope that you will join me every single week to learn something new. Okay, let's talk about catastrophizing. And the reason this topic came up is because I was kind of hanging out with myself doing nothing and my little brain was wandering. And I went back to a time when my husband and I lived in Las Vegas. We had two children at the time. And my husband had been in a car accident the week before, affecting his vagal vagal vagus nerve. Unbeknownst to us, that would cause him to pass out at inopportune moments. So the night I remembered is we had pizza for dinner and we had, you know, put the kids to bed and we were hanging out in our bedroom, probably getting ready. And he said, I just, I don't feel well. And he said he thought he was going to get sick. So he went into the bathroom and sat down by the toilet, thank God, because he was six foot six tall. And he says, I think I'm going to throw. And then he vomited all over the place. And some of the vomit got on the carpet and it was pizza vomit with red sauce. And my very first thought, my very first thought was, oh no, now I'm going to have to replace the carpet before we sell the house so I can move back east to live with my parents because I'm going to be a widow. Before the man's head hit the floor, I had become a widow. And that's what catastrophizing is all about. And it happens quite often when managers get the news that their employees have cancer. And here's how it goes. The employee comes in and says, I have something to tell you. And the manager's already feeling nervous. And the employee says, I have cancer. And the manager's first thought was, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get this major project done and I'm going to get fired. That's catastrophizing. And I want to let you know, as a manager, if you've had that thought, it's okay. It really is. There's nothing wrong with you. Now, I know that in society, we have been taught that when someone is in need or is you know dealing with a life-threatening illness, our job is to be kind and gentle with them. 
and to not think about ourselves and how it might affect us. And catastrophizing is exactly what happens is we think about ourselves and what might affect us. But it's a fleeting thought. That's the most important thing that you need to remember. It's a fleeting thought. After I had that thought, which happened all of two seconds, you know, I ran to the phone, called 911, walked back over to my husband, made sure that he was breathing and made sure that his airway was clear. I called a neighbor to come up and, you know, be stay in the house with the kids. And by the time the ambulance came, you know, my neighbor was there and Art was up and alert and insisting that he be allowed to walk down the steps to the ambulance, which of course he was not allowed to do. Um, And so, you know, it was just a moment of catastrophizing. I didn't stay in it. And most managers and, you know, do not stay in it either. But there is a side effect of catastrophizing, and that is guilt and shame. And if you don't manage that guilt and shame, if you don't admit the guilt and shame, not to the person with cancer, but to somebody else, that might actually hurt you and your relationship with your employee with cancer a little bit down the line. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. So catastrophizing is perfectly normal. And here's the thing, catastrophizing does bring to the surface reasonable manager concerns. You know, now that your employee has cancer, how much work will they be able to manage? What does it mean for the rest of the team? What does it mean for the projects in your pipeline? How do you find out how much work your employee can actually do? So those questions are perfectly reasonable questions to ask. Now, I want to give you two steps that you can take when your employee tells you that they have cancer. First thing you can do is when they share that news with you is to keep quiet. Let them talk. Don't bring up work. Now your employee with cancer may bring up work because they're going to be concerned about work. Work for people with cancer can be a very calming foundational place because the world outside of work is chaotic. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know how they're going to feel, but when they're in work, it's, it's almost like a controlled environment. So your employee with cancer may love and really want and need to work. The second reason they might bring up work is they're going to be fearful that they're going to lose their job. And the downside of losing a job could be about losing their insurance. I mean, it could be just as practical as that. Or it could be just the fear of losing the job and, and the way you feel when you lose a job, like you're just not a worthwhile person. So do not discuss the workload or anything else like that when your employee first tells you about their cancer. And if your employee brings it up, make sure that you say, hey, look, let's focus on communicating with the rest of the team what's going on. Let's focus on figuring out how we can best support you through this time period. We can have the work conversation at another date and time. And then, you know, two days, one day, one week later, the most one week later, have that conversation with that employee. So that's this first step. The second step is set up that different time to have that conversation with that employee. Now, this is where the guilt can come in because you want to use this meeting to discuss a work plan. Now, a work plan is very similar to an an individual development plan, an IDP plan, what we call in the HR world. But I'm not going to use that term because 
Some IDP plans are used to kind of move employees out of a position, and some IDP plans are really used to develop an employee in their career. So it depends on your organization and how you view them. So we're not going to even use that word. We're going to talk, we're going to use the word work plan. And a work plan simply is an outline of the type of work that that is going to get done and the due dates and when it's going to be done and the and the um what's the word I'm looking for the level at which it's going to be completed. So that's what a work plan is. Keep in mind your work plan with your employee needs to be super super flexible. It is common for employees with cancer to underestimate the effects of chemo and radiation on their bodies and the amount of fatigue. And it is just as common for managers to overestimate how much time an employee should take off. In fact, there was a really interesting study that was done um, in New Zealand that showed that uh, 67% of employees continued to work while they were undergoing cancer treatments. And there were various reasons for that, but one of the reasons was what I talked about earlier. It provided a foundation. And not only that, there was another study that showed the biggest benefit a person with cancer gets from work while they're getting treatment is actually the relationships they have with their coworkers. So again, don't assume that your employee with cancer does not want to work because they just might really need to work and be able to work. Lastly, of course, being an HR professional, I want to remind you all to please check in with your HR protectioner or consultant when your employee has cancer. There are a lot of rules. There's a rule in ADA that you are not allowed to share any medical information with anybody else in the organization. So just keep that in mind. You cannot go and tell your other, you know, your, your peer that your employee has cancer. You can mention that there's a medical issue and that is it. And of course there's FMLA and leave of absence and other state disabilities if your state offers those. So please make sure that you bring an HR professional into the conversation with you to discuss what rules and laws are in place to support the employee with cancer. All right, that is it. Lastly, I did want to suggest that you all go to my website. Please go to 100xoflove.com because I have just recently added this really fun um, download and it is five phrases not to say, why they're not helpful, and what to say instead. And that will be yours absolutely free. So go on over to 100xoflove.com and make sure you get that free download for yourself. And lastly, as I end all my podcasts, please remember you matter. You are really important to a whole lot, a lot, a lot of people, including me. I'm grateful that you're here. Take care, and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.